Hey guys, this is Brie. You are listening to Brief. And this is episode two of Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. We are going over chapters 10 through 20 and themes. Chapter 10. Janie's alone in the store one day. Hezekiah left early to go to a baseball game and most of the town went to the baseball game as well. And Janie thinks that maybe she'll close early, but a man comes in. He's a stranger to her. He buys cigarettes and asks for a light. The narrator says it was time for him to go, but he didn't. He leaned against the counter and started flirting with her. And he asks her if she wants to play checkers with him. She's never learned to play checkers because Jody told her she wouldn't understand it and that it wasn't suitable for a woman of her status to play checkers. So she's thrilled that he asked her to play and he teaches her how. It says on 96, she found herself glowing inside. Somebody wanted her to play. Somebody thought it natural for her to play. That was even nice. She looked him over and got little thrills from every one of his good points. He's very handsome and strong and she is clearly into him. So they play checkers and flirt all night. He tells her that his name is Virgible Woods, but everyone calls him Tea Cake. The townspeople start coming back from the baseball game and they come to the store and they all sit on the porch talking and playing checkers until closing. Tea Cake sticks around strategically and offers to help her close the store and then offers to walk her home. For a slight moment, Janie is worried that maybe he's dangerous, but then she looks at him and she's at ease. She feels as if she has known him her whole life, and he tips his hat to her and leaves. Chapter 11. The next day at the store, Janie thinks about tea cake all day. She wants to ask Hezekiah about him, but she doesn't want him to think that she's interested in tea cake or anyone because she knows he's too young for her. He's probably around 25, and she's around 40. She also thought that maybe he was just after her money. And it says on 100, he was probably the kind of man who lived with various women but never married. Fact is, she decided to treat him so cold if he ever did come back that he'd be sure not to come again. So a week later, Tea Cake comes to visit. She tries to be cold to him, but he immediately wins her over with a joke. And they spend the day playing checkers. The other men at the store are shocked to see her playing but they stand behind her and give her tips. And then Tea Cake walks her home. This time he stays and they talk for hours on her porch. It says they made a lot of laughter out of nothing. At around midnight, Tea Cake suggests that they go fishing. And Janie feels like a child breaking the rules. And she loved that. They stay up all night at the beach. They walk back to her house at dawn and she sneaks him out the back gate so no one will see him. Later that day, Hezekiah tells her that she shouldn't be hanging around with Tea Cake or letting him walk her home. Janie asks if he's a thief, if he's known to hurt people, or if he's married, and Hezekiah says no to all three, but he says that Tea Cake is too low in station to be hanging out with Janie. But Janie doesn't care. Tea Cake comes back the next day. They have dinner, and he plays the blues for her on the piano, and she falls asleep. And when she wakes up, he's playing with her hair. He tells her that since he met her, he's been wanting to touch her beautiful hair. Janie doesn't understand the fascination, and Tea Cake tells her she should look at herself in the mirror more often. He says everyone else gets to enjoy how you look. Why shouldn't you? He tells her she's got the world at her feet. And Janie asks if he says this to all the girls. He's like sweet talking her. And she's like, you probably say this to everyone. Tea Cake catches on. He knows what she's doing. She says she's tired. And he says on 104, nah, you ain't sleepy. You just want me to go. You figure I'm a rounder and a pimp. And you've wasted too much time talking with me. 
Janie says she doesn't care. She's just his friend and that's all. And TK is crushed by this news and he tells her that he has real feelings for her. Janie doesn't believe him because she's so much older than him and tells him that his feelings aren't real. She tells him that tomorrow he will change his mind, but she secretly wishes she was 12 years younger so she could believe him. He says age doesn't matter to him, but she says it matters to a lot of people. On 105, it says things like that have a whole lot to do with convenience, but it ain't got nothing to do with love. That's what Tea Cake says. He leaves upset, and he almost ran out the door. The next day, Janie can't stop thinking about him. It says on 106, she couldn't make him look just like any other man to her. He looked like the love thoughts of women. But he didn't come over that night. And the next morning, Janie wakes up to someone knocking at her door. It's Tea Cake. He says he hopes he woke her up because he wanted her to know his day thoughts were the same as his night thoughts. He woke up and still has feelings for her. Janie calls him crazy and asks him to come in for breakfast, but he can't because he has to go to work. But that night, he's waiting for her in her hammock on her porch. It says on 107, they went inside and their laughter rang out first from the kitchen and all over the house. Janie awoke the next morning by feeling tea cake almost kissing her breath away, holding her as if he feared she might escape his grasp and fly away. He leaves and he doesn't come back for a few days and Janie is worried again. And I really love this quote because I think it's something that we all go through. On 108, it says, in the cool of the afternoon, the fiend from hell specially sent to lovers arrived at Janie's ear. Doubt. All the fears that circumstance could provide and the heart feel attacked her on every side. This was a new sensation for her, but no less excruciating. If only tea cake would make her certain. He did not return that night, nor the next, so she plunged into the abyss and descended to the ninth darkness, where light has never been. But... He comes back a week later. He had hired a car for her. So there's a town picnic and he wants to take her because he wants everyone to know that they're together. And he hired the car so that they could go into town and get like really nice groceries and stuff. Janie needs his assurance of his feelings. So she fishes for him to tell her he wants her. She asks if he's sure he wants her to go with him. And he gives a whole speech about how he's been working like crazy for two weeks to get a car so he can take her to Orlando to buy nice groceries for the town picnic and then he says and you ask me if I want you to go she fishes again because girls love to fish and says if he wants to take someone else she's fine with it he calls her out and he's like no you wouldn't be okay with it or you wouldn't say that say what you mean and she says she wants to go with him real bad and on 109 tea cake says nobody else on earth can hold a candle to you baby you've got the keys to the kingdom chapter 12 the town begins to gossip about tea cake and Janie after the picnic. It says all the men that she could get and fooling around with somebody like tea cake. They think he's a bad influence on her because she stops attending church as much as she used to. She stops wearing the approved color white for morning and starts wearing colors specifically blue because tea cake likes her in blue. They go out and do things that are not decent for women of her standing, like hunting, fishing, dancing, the movies, etc. She starts wearing high heels. Tea Cake helps her with her garden. They play checkers and other games on the porch at the store as if no one else is around. And this goes on for weeks. And they obviously don't approve of them dating. Sam asks his wife Phoebe to talk to Janie about it and convince her to not be with Tea Cake. Phoebe says to her husband that Janie's probably just having fun, that she thinks she's really interested in that undertaker guy whose wife just died. He has a really nice house. It would be a really good situation for Janie. 
and Sam asks Phoebe to get Janie to come to her senses. So Phoebe goes over to Janie's house, tells her that the town is concerned about her relationship with Tea Cake, especially that he's making her do things she shouldn't be doing. Janie says that Tea Cake isn't making her do anything she doesn't want to do. She says she always wanted to do more, but Jody wouldn't let her. Tea Cake lets her be who she wants to be. She doesn't feel trapped by him. Phoebe tells her to be careful that Tea Cake isn't using her for her money. Janie says he hasn't asked for or taken a penny from her. Janie says that all the other men in town are just jealous because they want her and her wealth. And she asks Phoebe, she's like, why are the men in town not going after any of the other eligible women? And she says it's because they don't have money like I do. They only want me for my money. So even if that's the case with Tea Cake, he's just like everyone else. Phoebe says she thinks it's too soon for her to move on after her husband's death. And Janie's like, I shouldn't have to pretend to be sad when I'm not. And she says that her plan is to sell the store and leave town with Tea Cake and marry him. Phoebe asks why she won't marry the Sanford man. Janie tells her that she would rather be with Tea Cake. Phoebe says that she's taking a big chance with Tea Cake. And Janie says, No more than I took before and no more than anybody else takes when they get married. It always changes folks and sometimes it brings out dirt and meanness that even the person didn't know they had in themselves. Maybe Tea Cake might turn out like that. Maybe not. Anyhow, I'm ready and willing to try. She says she's not going to live her grandmother's way anymore. She says that her grandma grew up in slavery where black people couldn't sit whenever they wanted. And that's why her grandmother tried so hard to get Janie to marry someone wealthy. She said that she wanted Janie to be able to sit whenever she wanted. But what about after she sits down? She said that she did what her grandmother wanted. She gets to sit down whenever she wants. But once she got up in the chair, she says, I nearly languished to death up there. Phoebe warns her not to end up like Annie Tyler, who is a woman in town that ran off with a younger man and he ended up taking everything from her. But her disapproval doesn't last long. By the end of the conversation, she's happy with Janie and they're laughing. Janie tells her that the age thing really doesn't matter and Tea Cake showed her that. She says on 115, he showed me that it's the thought that makes the difference in ages. If people think the same, they can make it all right. So in the beginning, new thoughts had to be thought and new words said, but age doesn't matter to them. Chapter 13. Tea Cake has been in Jacksonville working for a couple of weeks when he sends Janie a letter to come meet him. He tells her to wear her blue dress because he wants to marry her right when they get off the train. She leaves early in the morning, so only a few people see her, but those who do say she looked really beautiful, but they still think she has no business leaving town with a younger man. They get married when she arrives. Janie is smart enough to be a slightly worried that Tea Cake is after her money, and Phoebe convinced her to hide some money inside of a little pouch in her shirt just in case something goes wrong. Janie doesn't tell Tea Cake about the money, but at this point, he has only ever spent his own money on her. But once she saw Tea Cake when she got off the train, she laughed at Phoebe's worries because she remembers that there's no way he's only after her money. A week goes by in bliss. Tea Cake leaves one morning to go fishing for breakfast and he doesn't come back until the next morning. When Janie gets up that morning, she realizes that her money is missing. She's obviously angry and hurt. She thinks about Annie Tyler and how she was ripped off. So the story of Annie Tyler is that she was a lot older than Janie. And after the death of her husband, she spent her time with very young men, teenagers and early 20s, and spent lots of money on them. Once the guys like got what they wanted from her, they would leave. 
but she ended up leaving town with a man named Hu Flung. On 119, it says she had gone off laughing and sure, as sure as Janie had been. But after two weeks, Annie Tyler came back to town looking really rough. She was broken and her pride was gone, and she told the town her story. Hu Flung had left her after two days and took all of her money, and she had to beg for food until a man from her hometown saw her and took her home and bought her a train ticket. Janie worries that Tea Cake is doing the same to her, but more than that, she's worried that he's hurt somewhere, and she prays for him to come back. The next morning, she wakes up early, and she hears him singing and playing guitar on the porch. He tells her what happened. That morning, he saw the money, and it says on 122, he had never had his hand on so much money before in his life, so he made up his mind to see how it felt to be a millionaire. It was like $200, by the way, which was a lot back then, but still. He spent it on a nice dinner for him and his fellow railroad workers, and that turned into a party and tons of people showed up. It says on 122, Tea Cake stood at the door and paid all the ugly women $2 not to come in, which is super classy of Tea Cake. He tells Janie everything that happened, including a fight that broke out. He also bought a guitar because he sold his in order to get that car for Janie. And after the story is over, the only thing Janie seems upset about is that he didn't invite her to the party. He says he didn't think she'd like the crowd of people. They were lower than she was used to. And Janie tells him, 124, if you ever go off from me and have a good time like that and then come back here telling me how nice I am, I suspect to kill you dead. Janie tells him that she wants to be a part of everything he does. And Tea Cake says he'll pay Janie back because it turns out he's a gambler and he says he's one of the best gamblers God ever made. And on Saturday night, he goes gambling to make it back. He comes back in the morning, injured. He was stabbed by a man he beat in gambling, but he won $312, so everything's fine, right? <sighs> anyway, TK gives her the $200 back, tells her to hide it from him, and he won't take any of her money again. Janie, moved by this, trusts TK now and tells him she has $1,200 in the bank, and TK promises that she won't ever have to use it, and he will provide for her now. Then he tells her, that they are going to move to the muck, which is the Everglades. On 128, he says, folks don't do anything down there but make money and fun and foolishness. And that sounds pretty fun to them. Chapter 14. They get to the Everglades before the season starts in September. And that's when everyone comes to pick beans and get jobs. Because they arrive early to the Everglades, they get a good house with a bathtub and... The people who come too late in the season have to sleep on the ground like so many people come and there's not a lot of accommodations. Janie likes the Everglades. Tea Cake teaches her to hunt and they practice every day and she quickly becomes better than him. It says she could shoot a hawk out of a pine tree and not tear him up. She just shoot his head off. So she was really good aim. So when the season starts and all the migrant workers come to the muck, they all come to farm and have fun and all night... They sing the blues, they dance, fight, sing, cry, laugh, win, lose, love every hour, work all day for money, fight all night for love. That's what they do in the muck. Tea Cake and Janie's house was a magnet and like a center for people to hang out in town because Tea Cake is super popular. He's always got people laughing. People come to listen to Tea Cake play music and tell stories and gamble. And there's a few really good gamblers in the muck, so sometimes he lost big, but sometimes he won big too. Janie stays home during the day. 
and cooks and cleans. Sometimes she hunts for their own dinner. And tea Cake starts skipping work to spend time with her and she asks him why. He says he misses her throughout the day and asks her to come with him and work like the other women. Janie's excited about this because she likes being able to do what she wants without any limitations. Before she started working in the fields, it says on 133, it was generally assumed that she thought herself too good to work like the rest of the women. But this general opinion soon changes when she and Tea Cake are out in the fields together joking and laughing. After work, they go home and make dinner together. She loves it in the fields, laughing with people, and she prefers it to staying home alone. She says on 133, we ain't got nothing to do but do our work and come home and love. Janie thinks about her old town and what they would think of her now. On 134, it says, what if Eatonville could see her now in her blue denim overalls and heavy shoes, the crowd of people around her and a dice game on the floor. She was sorry for her friends back there and scornful of the others. The men held big arguments here like they used to on the store porch, only here she could listen and laugh and even talk herself if she wanted to. Chapter 15. Janie gets jealous of a girl Tea Cake flirts with. Her name is Nunki, and she's described as a chunky girl who is very aggressive with Tea Cake. And Janie watches her in the fields for weeks as she makes advances on Tea Cake. Nunki uses all the obvious tricks to try and lure him away from the crowd. And Janie is hurt that Tea Cake doesn't seem to be able to fend her off as promptly as she thought he ought to. And Janie worries that Tea Cake might actually like Nunki, that maybe he's given her a secret hint and that's why Nunki isn't giving up easily. So one day when Janie isn't watching, the two of them disappear and she finds them alone in a cane field wrestling. It says 137, Janie never thought at all. She just acted on feelings. She was on them before either knew. Tea Cake is ashamed but says that Nunki stole his tickets and he chased her down to get them back. And Janie runs after Nunki, but she gets away. Janie's crushed, and she goes home. Tea Cake comes to find her so they can talk, but Janie tries to beat him up. He holds her wrists, and she yells at him that he hurt her heart. Tea Cake assures her that he has no feelings for Nunki. Nothing happened, and soon the anger turns into passion, and the next morning in bed, Janie asks if he loves Nunki. She needs a full denial and validation of his love for her, so she's fishing again. Tea Cake says he doesn't care about Nunki at all and nothing has ever happened. He says Janie makes him forget about everything. On 138, he says, you're something to make a man forget to get old and forget to die. Chapter 16. During the off-season, in the muck, there's not much to do. Janie spends most of her time socializing with the women in town, and she makes friends with a woman named Mrs. Turner. She's old and very weird, despite being a black person. She thinks that black people are disgraceful and loves white people. It's a very weird dynamic. Mrs. Turner has white facial features, like her skinny nose and her thin lips, and she believes that this makes her superior. And that's why she loves Janie, because Janie is light-skinned and refined like white people, so she forgives her for wearing overalls and being married to tea cake, although she does tell her that she shouldn't be married to tea cake. Janie is clearly confused by Mrs. Turner's views in life, but she listens to her crazy talk anyway. Mrs. Turner is actually awful. She says some really terrible things like, I just couldn't see myself married to a black man. There's too many black folks already. We ought to lighten up the race. 
That's on 140. She also says she doesn't blame white people for hating black people because she thinks black people are lazy and hold themselves back. And she says she hates the blackness in herself too. On 142, she says, I have white features in my face, but I've still got to be lumped with all the rest. It ain't fair. Even if they don't take us in with the whites, they ought to make us a class to ourselves. Which is, oh, I, I think she's just such a horrible human being. So anyway, she disapproves of Janie's marriage to Tea Cake because he's very dark-skinned. She tries to get Janie to marry her brother instead, but Janie tells her that she loves Tea Cake for real. On 141, she says, I couldn't stand it if he were to quit me. He can take almost any little thing and make summertime out of it when times are dull. So one day, Mrs. Turner is at Janie's house, and after she leaves, Janie walks into the kitchen and finds Tea Cake, who's been sitting at the table listening for a long time. He's clearly upset that Mrs. Turner is trying to turn Janie away from him. Janie assures him that he has nothing to worry about, but Tea Cake calls Mrs. Turner poison and asks Janie not to see her anymore. He plans to talk to Mrs. Turner's husband and tell him to like get a handle on his woman or something. But when he meets Mr. Turner, he finds or he realizes that he is weak and Mrs. Turner does whatever she wants and doesn't obey her husband anyway. So Janie tries to be cold to Mrs. Turner, but Mrs. Turner doesn't get the hint. She is not discouraged by Janie's coldness because on 144 it says anyone who looked more white than herself was better than she was in her criteria. Therefore, it was right that they should be cruel to her at times, just as she was cruel to those more black than herself. This woman is twisted. So, she worships white people. And 145, it says that she believes that through worship of God, she could attain her paradise, a heaven of straight-haired, thin-lipped, high-nose-boned white angels. Upon hearing all of this, Tea Cake snaps at her. And he says, don't make God look so foolish, finding fault with everything he made. Soon the summer ends and the season brings back people again in droves. Chapter 17. The season begins, some old friends return and a lot of new people come. A lot of the men flirt with Janie, a lot of the women flirt with Tea Cake. When they find out they're married, they stop. But Mrs. Turner's brother comes to town and this makes Tea Cake upset. It says on 146, before the week was over, he had whipped Janie, not because her behavior had justified his jealousy, but it relieved that awful fear inside him. Being able to whip her reassured him in possession. Not a brutal beating at all. He just slapped her around a little bit to show he was boss. Everybody talked about it the next day. It roused a sort of envy in both men and women. The way he petted and pampered her as if those two or three face slaps had nearly killed her made the women see visions, and the helpless way she hung on him made men dream dreams. <sighs> so, he feels threatened, so he beats her up, even though she did nothing wrong. He just wanted to assert his possession over her. But Janie obviously forgives him instantly. And this is a time in the novel where, like, language is used interestingly because we get no dialogue from Janie about this. It's just the narrative so we don't actually have any like dialogue from her, any of her thought process after we just are supposed to believe that she forgave him, which it seems like she did. Anyway, the men in town talk to Tea Cake about their jealousy of his relationship with Janie, and they're upset because, get this, they're upset that their wives fight back when they beat them. 
and they're jealous of Tea Cake because his wife just takes the beating like a good little girl and doesn't fight back. Tea Cake pumps himself up on this, saying that Janie does whatever he wants her to do. And he tells the men that Mrs. Turner is poison, she hates black people, and they talk about how they should stop eating at her restaurant. But it's like the best place to eat in the muck, so that doesn't really happen. One night, Tea Cake is eating at Mrs. Turner's restaurant. Two men come in, and they're drunk, and they start a fight. And Tea Cake, wanting Mrs. Turner to approve of him, tries to break up the fight. He asks them to stop. And he says on 151, Mrs. Turner is too nice a woman for that. In fact, she's nicer than anybody else on the muck. Mrs. Turner beams at him for saying that. But Tea Cake's involvement ends up making it worse. Mrs. Turner tries to get her husband to stop the fight, but he does nothing. The restaurant ends up trashed and Mrs. Turner is injured in the fight. And she blames it all on Tea Cake. And she tells her husband that they have to move back to Miami, that she's not living here anymore. Chapter 18. Janie sees people leaving the muck in groups, mostly Native Americans, and she asks why, and they tell her that a hurricane is coming. Nobody in town is really worried about it. They think that the Native Americans are just wrong about it, that it's not really happening. But then a lot of animals start traveling east as well. Uh, More and more people leave town as the hurricane gets closer. So a friend comes by. His name is Lias. And he offers them a ride to Palm Beach because they can be, they'll be more safe there from the hurricane. They argue for a little bit. Tea Cake says that he doesn't think that there's a hurricane coming at all. And he decides that they're going to stay home. And Lias tells him, if I never see you more on earth, I'll meet you in Africa. The people who stay in town have a party at Tea Cake's house. Tea Cake and a guy named Motorboat play dice all night and the storm starts rolling in, so everyone goes home except for Motorboat. The storm builds into the next day. Janie, Tea Cake, and Motorboat are inside the house listening to the storm when all the lights go out and they're left in darkness. On 160 it says, Their eyes straining against crude walls and their souls asking if he meant to measure their puny might against God's. They seemed to be staring at the dark, but their eyes were watching God. And that's where the title of the book comes from. So Tea Cake asks Janie if she wishes that she had stayed in Eatonville in her nice home. She says that she doesn't. She wants to be with Tea Cake. She wants them to be together no matter what. Tea Cake looks out the window and sees that the lake is rising and the floods are coming. And so they decide to flee to higher ground. He tells Janie to get their papers and their money and they start to run. But the water is high enough that they have to swim in parts of it. They finally make it to a house that is higher up and they rest for a while. Janie wakes up and sees again that the lake is coming closer, and so she wakes up Tea Cake and Motorboat, but Motorboat says he doesn't want to go, and if the lake reaches him, he'll just swim. (laughs) Tea Cake tries to convince him to come, but he won't, and so he tells him he's been a good friend, and Janie and Tea Cake leave. They walk, and they swim for a long time, and Tea Cake carries most of the burden because Janie can't swim very well, They finally find dry land and they rest for a bit because Tea Cake can't really go further. So Janie, she sees a like a slab of someone's roof and she wants to block the wind from Tea Cake so that he can rest easy. So she tries to grab the piece of roof but it carries her away in the wind and she ends up dropping into the lake or river or whatever, the floods, and Tea Cake dives in to save her. 
she sees a cow swimming and so she grabs onto the cow to help her stay afloat but there's a dog on the cow's back who tries to attack her he's a very mean dog like looks really vicious and tea cake swims to her kills the dog but in the wrestle of him trying to kill the dog the dog bites his cheek they make it make it to Palm Beach. The next day, they spend most of their money for a place to sleep. And Tea Cake asks again if she regrets leaving with him. On 167, Janie says, Once upon a time, I never suspected anything, Tea Cake, but being dead from standing still and trying to laugh. But you came along and made something out of me, so I'm thankful for anything we come through together. She thanks him and praises him for saving her life. Chapter 19 Palm Beach does not bode well for them. It's a very racist town. They haven't experienced this kind of racism in a while. It says on 168, the time for dying was over. It was time to bury the dead. So white men in town force tea cake to help bury bodies. And he sees many dead bodies that day. It says on 170, some dead with fighting faces and eyes flung wide open in wonder. Death had found them watching, trying to see beyond seeing. So the men who force tea cake to bury the bodies give them orders saying that white people get coffins and black people are to be dumped in the ditches. The white men threaten them that if they try to throw a white person in a ditch or a black person in a coffin, they'll have to pay or whatever. It's horrible and tea cake ends up running away when he gets the chance and him and Janie flee back to the Everglades as soon as they can. Some of their friends have died in the muck, but most of them survived. Somehow, Motorboat survived. And the two of them laugh about how they almost killed themselves running when they could have stayed with Motorboat and been just fine. About a month later, Tea Cake comes home from work feeling sick. He can't eat, and when he tries to take a drink of water, his body rejects it violently. Janie calls for a doctor to see him, and the doctor tells Janie that the dog who bit Tea Cake must have been rabid. He says it's too late to save him at this point, but he'll get the medicine anyway. He warns Janie to stay out of Tea Cake's way, not to sleep in the same bed with him because he could get dangerous. The doctor wants to take Tea Cake to a hospital, but Janie refuses. She wants to keep him safe at her house. Janie thinks about the dog who bit Tea Cake and the evil eyes she saw in the dog. On 178, it says, well, she thought that big old dog with the hatred in his eyes had killed her after all. She wished she had slipped off that cow tail and drowned then and there and been done. But to kill her through tea cake was too much to bear. Tea cake had to die for loving her. The rabies takes over his mind and body quickly. He becomes delusional and fearful. And Janie doesn't tell him that he has rabies in his delusion, he hears that Mrs. Turner's brother is back in town. He wonders if there's a connection between that and him getting sick. He says this to Janie, and she tells him not to be jealous. She doesn't even know Mrs. Turner's brother or talk to him. And they have a sweet conversation about how much they love each other. When Janie puts him to sleep, she finds a gun under his pillow. And after that, she sees a change in his face. On 181, it says tea cake was gone. Something else was looking out from his face. She begins to be afraid of tea cake, but she knows in her heart that he would never hurt her. So the next day, she leaves the house to get the medicine that the doctor promised her. And in his delusion, tea cake thinks that she's going to see Mrs. Turner's brother. Janie worries that he's going to shoot himself or shoot her. So when tea cake goes to the bathroom, she sneaks the pistol and finds that there's three bullets in it. 
And instead of taking them out, she just moves the chamber so that it will shoot three times before it gets to a bullet. Anyway, she, she thinks she's giving herself time. If he really does pull the trigger, she'll be able to do something before he gets to the actual bullets. So she hides the rifle in the kitchen just in case. Tea Cake wakes up the next day and comes to her and accuses her of not being good to him. He asks why she won't sleep in bed with him because he's forgotten that the doctor told them not to. And he raises the gun to her breast. She says she noted that even in his delirium, he took good aim. He shoots the gun at her. It clicks empty. She grabs the rifle to scare him, but it doesn't work. He pulls the trigger again. And on 184, it says, Janie saw the ferocious look in his eyes and went mad with fear as she had done in the water that time. She threw up the barrel of the rifle in frenzied hope and fear, hope that he'd see it and run. He pulls the trigger again, so she has one more chance before it's actually a bullet. And she has no choice, and she shoots him with the rifle. He shoots the pistol at the same time, but his aim was off. He lunges at her before he dies, and he bites her in the arm. On 184, it says, She had wanted him to live so much, and he was dead. She thanked him wordlessly for giving her the chance of, for loving service. She had to hug him tight for soon he would be gone, and she had to tell him for the last time. So, the doctor comes over that day, finds her, finds tea cake, horrible situation, but the police come and put her in jail. And when the doctor describes the situation to the judge, he decides to have the trial that day so that she doesn't have to suffer in jail. So all the friends from the muck are there and a bunch of white people are there but all of Janie's friends they seem to believe that Janie did it on purpose so they're all mad at her but the doctor goes up tells the story of what happened defends her and the people who are there to defend tea cake say that he was a good man he'd been good to Janie better than a man had ever been to any woman and they all think that she must have taken up with another man and killed tea cake to get away Janie goes up to defend herself. She gives a speech that moves them all, telling them from the beginning how much love they had for each other. It says she didn't plead to anybody. She just sat there and told them, and when she was through, she hushed. Which is another time we don't actually get Janie's words. It's just a narrative again, which is, it, it, which is interesting for language purposes, and we'll talk about that later. So the jury leaves to deliberate. It's an all-white jury, by the way. Janie thinks about what could happen on 188. It says if they made a verdict that she didn't want tea cake and wanted him dead, then that was a real sin and a shame. It was worse than murder. So the jury takes five minutes and they come back and find her innocent. The white women there console her, but her old friends leave the courthouse without talking to her. She stays the night in a boarding house near the court and she overhears a conversation about how white men would never convict a beautiful black woman like her for killing a black man. If he had been a white man, then yeah, for sure they'd convict her, but she was too pretty to convict for just killing a black man. Janie buries tea cake in a very grand way. She invites their friends, even though they testified against her, and they come in shame and ask for her forgiveness. It says on 189, Tea cake rode like a pharaoh to his tomb. No expensive veils and robes for Janie this time. She went in her overalls. She was too busy feeling grief to dress like grief. So this is a stark contrast between Tea Cake's funeral and Joe Stark's funeral. 
she feels a lot of grief losing tea cake because she actually loved him. All right, chapter 20. The people in the muck come around after the funeral, sorry that they treated her badly. They loved Janie almost as much as they loved tea cake. And because of this, they take their anger and hurt out on Mrs. Turner's brother. They beat him up and run him out of town. And they beg Janie to stay in the Everglades with them. But after a few weeks, she finds that it means nothing to her without tea cake. And she goes back to Eatonville. So back to present day where we opened this book. Janie is on the porch with Phoebe talking. Janie tells her that she's satisfied being in Eatonville now, but she's been to the horizon and back. She says she doesn't care what people say about her anymore because she knew real love and they don't. On 191, she says love ain't something like a grindstone that's the same thing everywhere and does the same thing to everything it touches. Love is like the sea. It's a moving thing, but still in all, it takes its shape from the shore it meets and it's different with every shore. Phoebe is glad to have her back in town and she feels inspired to do some of the things that Janie's done and she says that she's going to ask her husband to take her fishing. Janie goes to bed in the room that she and Tea Cake shared so many memories in. She feels him there and knows that he can never die until she no longer can think or feel and she feels peace. Okay, I'm just going to go over themes quickly. So like I said, the first theme is gender roles. So in the beginning, Janie's grandmother, Nanny, believes that women should marry for protection, especially black women. Janie's first two husbands require her to be silent and domesticated. They believe a woman's place is in the home. They silence her in public and at home. And Tea Cake is the only man who lets her speak and do what she wants. So the gender roles are very much, you know, cut and dry what they were back at that time. The men work. They get to do whatever they want, basically. And the women stay home and they cook and they clean and they keep their mouth shut. So it's interesting to watch Janie navigate these gender roles. She, from the beginning, doesn't want to be a submissive wife. And so she leaves her first husband in order to find a life of love where she doesn't have to feel like she can't be herself. But she again marries someone who makes her submissive. And in the end, she finally finds a man who lets her be herself, who lets her talk and play games and do things that only men usually do. And she finally feels like she has a place in the world that isn't just in the home. Okay, so the second theme I'm going to talk about is liberation. So there's a lot of liberation throughout the novel. Obviously, the liberation of women, of race, of gender roles, of, you know, a lot, any, a lot of things. So Nanny grew up in slavery. Like we said, she wanted liberation for Janie. She thought that that could only be achieved through an advantageous marriage, and she forced that on Janie. Like I said, Janie struggles throughout the novel to feel liberated from the men in her life. She also wishes to feel liberation from her race, as do the men in her life. Jody Starks seeks liberation by becoming the mayor and doing everything he can to appear white, like painting his house white, getting a lot of money and a lot of land and a lot of respect. Tea Cake, though, moves to the Everglades to be with his peers and away from white people. And then in the end, he's plunged back into that world of racism when he's forced to bury those bodies after the hurricane. So it's interesting the, the liberation in different ways throughout the novel. Everyone has, you know, some liberation happening 
but none of the liberation that they feel is permanent. Okay, the last thing I'm going to talk about is language. Again, something you didn't see throughout the novel because you didn't read it is how language was used. The language switches back and forth from the very thickly accented dialogue to a well-articulated and beautiful narrative. Some chapters are only dialogue with no narrative. Some chapters are only narrative with no dialogue. It switches back and forth. And this use of language is paralleled in Janie's relationships because she's silenced most of her life by her grandmother and her husbands and people in general. Throughout the novel, she's trying very hard to find her voice. And Tea Cake is the one person who helps her with that. She also learns the power of silence in some situations. So the narrative uses this language in an interesting way because we don't actually hear from Janie at all when Tea Cake beats her. We don't hear what she says during the trial. So you can interpret this different ways. I think that she finally found her voice with Tea Cake and that was something that she didn't want to lose. And so she allowed him to get away with beating her maybe because she didn't want to lose it and in the trial we don't hear her voice I think because tea cake is dead and he's who gave her a voice and the narrator doesn't give us that voice in the trial because she is in grief maybe I don't know interesting but that's the end of the book so go follow brief podcast on instagram and subscribe on Spotify or iTunes so that you know when new books are released. 